0: You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. Discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter. And now, over to your host.
1: Well hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number 55. Uh, my name's Rusty and sitting in front of me is uh, Mr Nick Halliwell. How are you Nick?
0: I am wonderful tonight, thank you
1: very much. Excellent. We're, we're kind of alone here but we also kind of aren't alone. On the uh, on Skype we have uh, Greg Small. How are you Greg?
2: G'day mate, how you going?
1: Good. Do you want to give us a, a quick uh, heads up as to uh, why you're on the
2: podcast? Well, I I imagine um, it's not for my singing talents. I think it's probably for my involvement uh, with the Precision Rifle Series. Um, Yes, as um, match
1: director for the uh, Cold Steel Open.
2: Correct, yep.
1: And we're doing a bit of a wrap-up in this episode of that particular event. And uh, joining us also um, is uh, first-place getter of production class, Andrew Stevens. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, good, thanks. Rusty? Excellent, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. I know your media commitments have been quite heavy since taking out the win, but uh, yeah, appreciate the time. Not a problem, mate. And uh, I like how he doesn't deny it at all. That's good. No, no. H- <laughs> Hordes <laughs> of people chasing me around furiously. The truth, huh? and also shooting his first uh, practical rifle match. Uh, Sean McNally, how are you, Sean?
3: Yeah, good. Thank you, Rusty. Thanks uh, for
1: for joining us as well. And uh, good stuff. And and gentlemen, um, we are now what about a week and a half after the event. And uh, have you recovered yet?
3: Just, just on the verge of recovery. But, uh, <laughs> just warming up. <laughs> yeah, just thawing out my toes—that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, it's uh, probably an understatement to say it was cold over there. Yeah, I actually only just managed
0: to finish chiselling my rifle out of a block of ice, so it's, uh, I finally got it working again. Now it's been good. <laughs>
4: I couldn't have a coffee in the morning because the water tank on my Ute was frozen solid. So it was cold enough. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yep, that was that was the case with a couple of the showers as well.
0: Oh, it was when I tried to have a nice warm, uh, nice warm shower in the morning. I beat everyone down there, and yep. all I got was just a, a face full of cold. It was uh, invigor- <laughs> invigorating, to say the least.
1: Well, I I must say that the 22 degrees constant temperature in my motel room was um, quite pleasant. Oh, I'm sure careful, yeah, I'm Sam, sure. you're within striking distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was it was good. The showers are hot, uh, coffee was quite warm. Um yep. yeah. So um I guess we know who makes life smart life choices. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I hear yeah. Ben
0: Johnson's pretty cuddly, is he? Is that the <laughs> <Yeah>. story? <laughs>
1: I can't can't complain about Ben. <laughs> uh, we, we, we should move on, I guess. <laughs> Otherwise I might to indict myself. Um so gentlemen, you're um well. Greg's uh, obviously was match director, and I uh, was uh, roing this particular event, uh, but the the other three of you guys were, were shooting. Nick, perhaps do you want to take us through what you were running equipment wise, and then we'll get the other boys to as well.
0: Sure, um, I was running a uh, accurized Remington 700 uh, in a precision rifle products uh, chassis um, with a just a regular magpul grip and a USA Inc. Uh, like skeletonized rear stock to try to cut the weight down. Um, it was running in a two hundred and sixty REM, and to top it off was a Nightforce NSX 5.5 uh, to twenty two in second focal plane. Um, other than that, it was running one hundred and forty grain Nosler RDFs, um, yep. uh with Lapua brass, and the thing was painted like a Nerf gun, which some of you may or may not have seen around. So definitely
1: worth worth seeing the photos <laughs> if you haven't seen them.
0: Yeah, when there's a when there's a line of uh, black rifles, I last event I actually lost my rifle, I couldn't find it, so <laughs> I ended up. <laughs> Get just rolling with a with a nice blue barrel and orange stock, and it seemed to
2: work quite well.
1: Yeah, well, I don't mm. think anyone's going to pick yours up accidentally. No, no, I don't think anyone would want to. But uh, <laughs> uh,
2: who did? Uh, you get? Yeah, I was going to say, who did you get to get your, your smith work done there, mate?
0: oh uh, I did all the smithing myself on that one, actually. Oh, funnily get, enough. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, it did it did pretty well too, actually. Yeah. From what I understand. <laughs> good, good
1: job.
3: Let me just reach that knife out of my
1: back. Hang on. Nice, nice. And what about you? What about yourself, Sean? What were you running, mate?
3: I was running a Bogstock um, Lithgow 102 um, in 243 and only picked that up uh, probably a couple of weeks before the competition. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of uh, Aussie made Lucky 13 mags for it and I was running, I wanted to keep it under the five grand so I had a nice scope, I was using a Vortex Gen 2 razor and that way I could run a really good top class glass and have the rifle fit in and come in under the five grand. And I'll tell you what, that lithgo, it was just, it's a tax driver. From the very first three shots I shot out of it were just hole through hole and it's, it's just been amazing. I, I did run a, a brake on it, not that a 243 needs a brake, but I got a, a Terminator T2 brake over from um, New Zealand and. Screwed that on the end of it, and uh, it it cut the whatever what little um, recall it had down to like a twenty two. That's good. But, but it was a really really good setup, and just a uh, like a Harris bipod, just something nice and simple.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And and what about yourself, Andrew? Um, using a
4: Tika T three Sporter in the laminate stock. Oh yeah. Um, just in three oh eight. Um, just with a night force shv on top of it the four and a half to 14 in first vocal plane yeah uh, brilliant um yeah using the 175 uh, the tipped match kings um and lapua brass um yeah just a harris bipod that shoots better than i can shoot still so it does <laughs> the job for me
1: obviously obviously shot well enough with it though <laughs> yeah yeah it just it
4: fits me really well it's the sort of gun that you can just pick up and point and shoot without having to try and get too comfortable and i just love the shape of it um it just does fit for um when things are timed you just throw it up and get into it without having a sort of alter to position too much it's really good
1: yeah i do i do like that sport of stock um yeah really comfortable exactly what you're saying man huh?
4: Yeah, I'd love to get a TRG one day for the same reason, I think. <laughs> Similar shape.
1: Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that, mate. Nothing wrong with that. So for you guys, um, Sean and Andrew, this was this your first shoot like this? Or, or tell us a little bit about, perhaps Andrew starting first, tell us a little bit about your history um, in the, in competition shooting and, and have you done anything like this?
4: Um, yeah. Yeah, I've done a a few sort of ones. I started off shooting more F-class, shooting down at Geelong. um, And sort of, I learned a really lot about long-range shooting and all the ballistic side of it, but found I peaked out using um, a factory rifle as what I could achieve, you know, going up against some of the F-class rifles. Um, I didn't really want to build an F-class rifle because it wasn't where the heart was. I want something I can use in the field as well. So ended up getting onto the Castle Main shoots, Um yep. And I absolutely loved um, the two or three of them that I've done. Um, and then, yeah, when I seen the this one come up on Facebook, I thought, well, I've never shot off a barricade or anything before, but I'd give it a go. Um, and, yeah, things worked out pretty well. But, yeah, that's about it.
1: Yeah, excellent. And what about yourself, Sean?
3: This is my first competition of any form in shooting ever um all we've done before would be uh, shooting at the farm um doing a bit of foxing rabbiting um a bit of deer hunting uh but never any competitions we've been down to the local range and seen the guys shoot paper there and you know after you've shot you know 15 20 shots it's like that's a bit boring um so when the opportunity came up to do this sort of a uh, competition. It was like, I like, jumped at it and straight away. Had you ever done
0: like mini comps with your mates? Like, like, um, you know, I bet I can, you know, shoot that, you know, X, Y, Z from, you know, 50 meters while standing on one leg. Have you ever, you and your mate sort of had like bragging right sort of challenges before?
1: Ah, uh, the flamingo position. The
0: fl- That's the right. The flamingo. Uh, flamingo.
2: Yes. yes. The flamingo.
3: <laughs> not, not as such. We'd, um, we've, we, we grow a lot of pumpkins and watermelons at our place, and we have a lot of delight in blowing them up. Um, is is that the reason? That, targets. I was going to say, is that the
1: reason you grow them?
3: Pretty <laughs> much. That's the only reason we grow them, because we don't eat them. <laughs> they're, like the, they're, like, they're like the patty melons at Kai Kai.
1: That's yeah, right. Exactly.
0: So you haven't competed in any real form?
3: No, no no competition whatsoever.
0: Oh, wow, excellent.
3: And we, we've got a lot of um, like spinners and that sort of thing just in you know, a little yeah, 50 yeah. meter range in our backyard and the paddock next door but as far as doing any form of shooting competition this this was my um, introduction to it
1: and you did very well Sean there's uh, mm. finished up fourth in production which is uh, a very impressive effort um, yeah, obviously more feet that's very good
3: I was I was stoked with where I came because so I brought a friend of mine uh, with me I said as soon as I heard it was on I said I'm entering, and by the way, I've entered you too, so I hope you can get the time off for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way so, to do it. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was great. But I, I think, because I did the long-range course uh, with Impact Dynamics the weekend before at a yeah, Kai.
1: was good fun.
3: That Oh, that was awesome fun. Just I recommend that to anyone who's even thinking about doing this sort of thing because it just gave me that confidence straight up, you, you can reach out, you know, touch, uh, you know, six, seven, eight hundred meters easily, and I think I was hitting like over thirteen hundred meters that weekend. Yeah, you and did pretty well there. Eh? Yeah, before then I was only, you know, maybe doing. I think the furthest we'd done was three or three hundred meters at the most. So um, yeah, right. And that just gave me the confidence to know, okay, I can place around on that target with without any. Uh, you know, without any effort, you just dial in what what you need to, and you know you've you've done your research, you, you've done all your uh, you sort of dope, and um, you, you know you you'll hit that target, and that really really was the key to doing so well for the competition, I think.
1: Yeah, getting some time into in behind the gun and getting to know what you're yep. doing, Nick. You uh you finished fifteenth uh, in open division out of thirty five shooters, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, You've shot these types of comps before?
0: Yeah, I've, uh, I'm not really a, a massively competitive sort of person or shooter by nature. Um, quite often, just go out with my friends and just sort of have a challenge, like, I'm going to shoot that rocket, 700 meters, first shot, and if you get it, great, and if you don't, then you sort of run around with your table between your legs. Um, but yeah, I've shot um, a couple of PRIs, um, Precision Rocket inv- uh, yep. Um Generally speaking, I don't do very well, uh, because <laughs> sort of nerves get to me, there's always something going on and... Um, I don't really take him that sort of seriously and I never really have. Mm -hmm. Um, but this time I took it less seriously than usual and it worked (laughs) even better for me. (laughs) So Surprisingly enough.
1: And it worked well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nice. And, um, and I mean, to, to finish 15th in that, in quite a very, well, very competitive field, I think was very good, mate.
0: I was quite surprised at how high I came out of that. Um, not really sure why. I think some other people were having some bad days. There, There were some unfortunate, um, Incidents where someone's magazine fell out and they had a hang fire, so They had to wait 30 seconds with, with nothing in the chamber. Yeah. They never chambered around. So there were some unfortunate events for some other competitors, which luckily I was able to capitalize on. So, so
1: what you're saying is you had a good feeding <laughs> setup is you trying to plug yourself, eh? Hey? Oh, no, it was a feeding frenzy to some <laughs> aspect, but <laughs> um,
0: no, I think, I think everything, um, in that event, uh, luckily for me, everything just came together on the day. Sure. Um, so that was, that was quite lucky. Um, I think also one of the main benefits were uh, we were shooting in one direction um, almost the entire time, so the wind calls um, and stuff like that were were very very consistent. So it made it a lot easier to shoot. Sure. Whereas a lot of the um, the other styles we've done is uh, uh, shooting from the top of a hill, shooting in a lot of different directions, like ones at twelve o'clock, and then uh, ones going to be at three o'clock, ones at you know um, nine o'clock, yep. and that obviously changing your wind based on that. Um, also, not having sand around makes it a lot easier to uh, to not have jams and magazine failures and things to that effect. So that does help as well.
1: Yeah, fair, fair enough. I'll, um, uh, I'll, I'll take that on board, Nick. Next time <laughs> I'll try and get some sand removed yeah. from Kaiko. That'll uh, put more <laughs> shovel loads in. <laughs> we'll do what we can. Cool, guys. So um, what I thought we might do is actually step through the the stages. Um, so, Greg, perhaps if you want to take us through stage number one, which was the the one-two step.
2: Yep, the one two step. Um, definitely one of my favourite stages. I concepted this stage um, quite some time ago um, and have run it in a, in a in a few different forms. Um, but it ended up that, uh, pretty similar to how it ended up in the competition. The only difference being that uh, the target was a little bit closer and it wasn't a hit to move with the pistol. So the pistol target didn't score, and it didn't matter if you hit or not. Um, so but, run us uh, through ha- an overview. Yep. overview.
1: Yep.
3: This, so, this is one of the most popular ones too, I think. From okay.
2: guys. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 was a, basically it was a 90 second stage. We had a pistol, we had a pistol set up, um, with a target at 10 meters. Um, and the, the whole aim was to shoot the pistol target first, um, regardless of hit or not just then move on to the rifle target and engage the 600 meter uh gong with two shots hit or miss doesn't matter two shots and then continue move back to the pistol re-engage that and then move back to the rifle again and do that as many times as you can in 90 seconds very good and uh and,
1: and how how was it in general like scoring wise guys obviously sean just said guys enjoyed it
2: yeah, so scoring-wise, I've got um, here in front of me, the what the highest score that we got was eight hits.
1: Yeah, okay, and that's, that's only counting the rifle hits.
2: That's, of course, that's right, yeah, so just counting the rifle hits. Now, let's credit that to somebody. That was Matthew Butterfield. Um, well, let's, let's take that
1: credit away then No, Let's yeah, move sorry. on <laughs> Sorry, can we, can, we
2: edit, can we edit that out? Yeah, we, we, can, uh, we can take that out We're
0: actually going to remove that stage from the runnings, won't we? Like, you know, get rid of everybody's score taken down just because of that one so.
2: Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, But good. yeah, no, so that was that, that, Yeah, look, I, I was hoping that was going to be a popular stage um, And it was good to have some stuff in there that guys might not have seen before So I'm glad to hear that it was a popular stage
1: Sean and Andrew, did you Have, have you guys shot pistols before? I,
4: I have, shot, shot been a lot oh, of years, though.
1: What yeah. about yourself, Sean?
3: Um, I, I've shot uh, a little bit. I've been over to the US a few times and I've shot in ranges over there. Um, but I, I have never had my handgun licence in Australia and I've like, never shot them really in Australia. It's only, I look like, can You know, when you go to Miami or something like that and you can go to an indoor range and shoot a range of things. So, but to have the opportunity to ha- have a crack at, at shooting them under, you know, very, very controlled conditions was just great. And and because everyone filled out their forms too as, uh, um, what was that form you had to fill out for? It
2: was a, a notice of receiving an instruction, instruction. which is a, a nori, yep.
3: Yeah, so we all got to do that. And um, that, I know, it was just one of the most popular ones. And yep.
0: uh, I really enjoyed it. So you went down to like the five minute stage brief to actually learn the function of the, the, the firearm itself, how to load a magazine, unload all that. So you, you attended that little uh, mini briefing? Yes, exactly. Cool, no worries.
1: Yeah, brilliant. It's it's good to mix it up a little bit and I know when uh when Greg was putting that stage together, you know, we we're obviously mindful that a lot of a lot of guys who are shooting rifle in Australia may have had either no or very limited experience with pistols. Um and obviously, everyone on this call has. Um, but there were, were plenty of guys who'd never, never shot a pistol before. So it was. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. Um, it was done well by the guys at the club who put people through their appropriate training, so they could uh, could engage that stage, and it, it went really well.
0: I was speaking to one guy, and he said he'd never actually physically seen a handgun in the flesh before. There you go. So he'd wow. only ever seen them <laughs> from a very long distance away. So it was his first exposure, and he made a hit, and he was incredibly happy with it. So congratulations! <laughs> <to him laughs> I've forgotten his name.
1: good i'm glad i'm glad excellent well um uh sean do you want to um actually perhaps i better take us through shapeshifter considering that was my stage (laughs) um i've only got three to talk about so um so, Shapeshifter was one of the ones that I rode, um, and there was a, a barricade set up um, with all sorts of unusual um, shooting positions from it. One being, or two of them being, through PVC piping that was hanging by seatbelt material. Good work, Greg. Um, You're welcome and so the guys would have to um sort of start and then they'd run to the barricade choose one of the six positions and engage um uh, one of the targets and they'd do it in a certain order of a target at 308 meters once they hit that they'd move to another uh, position engage a 458 meter target and then another position and engage a 600 meter target then change positioning and do the reverse: six hundred, and then four fifty-eight, and then three hundred eight from different positions each one. And, and then what added to that to get the guys moving is um, they'd have to, in between positions, they'd put the gun down on the ground, grab a little token from sort of a hiding spot on the barricade, and return it back to a little—I um, don't even know what you would, would you it,
3: call it—a it? child's toy where you've got yeah. a child's toy, different yeah. shapes. It.
2: Into the yeah. different slots, and that was the hardest bit of the whole thing. It's, so, called, a, it's, <laughs> called, it's, it's called a shape, it's called a shape sorter or a shape-o-sorter, um, right? On. And it, that's exactly what it is: it's a kid's toy.
1: And I tell you what, that, that um, aspect of it, I saw guys chew up a fair bit of time trying to shove a like a love heart shape <laughs> into a circle. I um, saw someone <laughs>
0: physically ram one through with their fist and successfully <laughs> get it in. It was yeah. the love heart that went through the cross, that's, and he just got it in. Fit. <laughs> No, oh, I, he made it fit. I saw
1: guys, yeah, try and, and get the wrong the wrong shape and all this sort of gear. And then I saw that, well, I saw one or two guys who actually just went, this is going in anyway, and basically punched it through <laughs> until the point it fell through the that box. That was more
0: impressive than some of the shooting displays. I must say it was <laughs>
1: entertaining. <Yeah. laughs> so, so, it's, it,
2: so it's not only Nick that tries to fit square pegs in round holes, apparently.
1: Oh, we'll get on to that one. Uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll come up in time. Well, we, um, we missed the whole pistol affair, so we'll let that one slide.
2: <laughs> yes, well, I think we will, yeah.
1: Andrew, how'd you, um, how'd you go on shapeshifter? Do you recall?
4: Yeah, I think I scored um six points, which would have been three hits. Yep. Um, so that's yeah,
1: quite
4: reasonable. I well done. Yeah, I don't remember having too much um, worries with it. I think I only shot off the barricade in three positions. I managed to avoid the... The thing hanging from the seat belt, so um, but using the game changer bag it sort of it wasn't too bad, I thought. It was quite doable. So Yeah, nice. Yeah, I enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah, good. Good. So okay. you
4: successfully got the right shape in the right hole then? I did, funnily enough. I don't know how. I think I was just lucky to be honest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's funny good. when you watch everyone else struggle, you it bloody plays with your head and you think you're gonna too, so Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. No, no doubt we'll come back to that. Um, well, Andrew, while, you, while you're chatting, um, the mission critical stage, stage number three, which was the, the tripod hog settled stage. Yeah,
4: three, yep, there was three tripods set up, one fairly low to the ground, um, one at kneeling and one at standing. Um, the one at the ground you could um, pretty much shoot from prone. Um, And then you had to kneel and stand so you had to let um, three rounds go add 287 meters um, off each tripod one at a time um, in 120 seconds and Yeah, I did okay off the off the small one and I did struggle. I think I only got one hit off both of the other ones
2: You got Um, four hits total mate.
4: yeah so yeah, I did struggle on the middle ones, but again, it's just not something I'd done off the tripod. So I did consider running a swing to help steady it, which in, in hindsight, I probably should have.
0: Have you shot off a bipod off the back of a ute, uh, just like supporting the back of the rifle at, say, foxes or rabbits in the field? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I felt it very similar in the, the third position. I sort of, it gave me sort of a a couple of evil flashbacks of doing that, where you've got the bipod and you're trying to shoot, shoot across the ute and you're... You're just sort of floating the, the, you know, the buttstock in your hand, just trying to you know, acquire a target. That's what it sort of felt like to me.
4: And I think if you could have clamped them up, the, the hog saddles, it would have been really easy. But because we weren't allowed to touch them, it still was quite um, unsteady for me. Most yeah. of the blokes like he smashed every one that I saw. Mm. So, yeah, I did struggle a bit on that one.
1: What about yourself, Sean? How'd you go with that?
4: um i that was the first time ever i've
3: shot off a tripod so it was something completely new um but i managed to get five hits so i was pretty happy with that <laughs> keep that keep that show going then
1: yeah
3: so i was like well okay i must have had that dialed in all right i think um yeah yes, just it, hands. It, it just worked it just worked
1: yeah no it was uh oh, it, was, it was a good stage um and yeah, you know, it's tripod shooting is, is tough, particularly when you don't get the chance to sort of lock that tripod into um, uh, too tightly. Um but yeah, it's it was uh, yeah, it's always good fun shooting off a tripod, um, and and certainly does favour those who have done it before, and and I think I don't know where I saw this, but they, they basically talked about tripod shooting, saying it's not going to go away, so yeah, it's, it's here to worth, stay, unfortunately. yeah, worthwhile. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> um, well, worthwhile practicing uh, and getting into, yeah, yeah, for sure,
3: yeah, with your stage because. Um, like normal what people are doing with the tripods, you get to lock your rifle in onto that tripod and pivot it. Whereas with this stage, you didn't have time to to lock it in. You're basically just resting the rifle on that tripod Mm. in that fixed position. So uh, that made it a little
0: bit different. I actually ran a a little short stubby pistol grip on my quad rail. Um, The stock that I was running had a um, Picatinny rail on the bottom. And I ran a little stubby, uh, one of those Magpul... um, I am not sure what they call the little pistol nub Fore- It's
2: called a foregrip. Uh
0: yeah, one of those. Um, and I actually preloaded that. Um, we couldn't clamp it, but I was able to apply just enough forward pressure to not tip the tripod over, but the hog saddle was still able to support it, and that gave me a little bit of grip. I don't think it actually helped me at all.
1: That explains but- all the all the scratches in my hog saddle now. Well, Now they- <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah, i will work on that. One.
0: <laughs> um it was actually that was the first one we shot that the, the actually the very first stage of the event and um I think it was like one degree when we shot it in the morning. We were all talking about cold ball shots first thing in the morning, and it was um, <laughs> its surprising how many people uh, cold board at first shot, though.
1: Is the there court. a difference between cold ball shots and frozen ball shots? Frozen ball. was about over. <laughs> hey. It might you be, stole actually. my joke. Some, something about
3: ice bullets, yeah. yeah. You'd have to ask Butters about his, his cold
1: or frozen <laughs> or shots whale. Don't you worry, next time he's on the podcast, uh, we'll, we'll be dedicating a whole show to, uh, to that. That or he's going to be crying
0: in the corner in the fetal position.
3: I was somewhere. hoping
1: for both. Yeah,
3: I think he'll be bringing in butane torches to heat up his barrel before he has his first shot, shot in the
1: morning. Oh, very good. Nick, Nick do you want to um, move us on from the
0: tripods? Yeah, this, this was an interesting stage. Um, up the proverbial shit creek without a paddle. Um, it was a 120-second timer, and we, we had a, a gong of um, a 6-inch 150 mil at 230 meters, And we could have as many shots as we wanted at this thing. It was an unlimited round count. And we put our firearm down, and we had to get to a rowing machine. And we had to row 50 meters, and then get to our firearm, and it was a double tap. Now, who was, who was shooting that first thing in the morning? Because we did have some slight technical issues with that one, at, uh, I believe.
1: Does anyone know who was
0: on that first? Greg might be able to explain that one a bit more.
2: Um, oh, are we, are we talking target issues? Yeah, target issues. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we definitely had some. We definitely had some target issues on that. Um, it, the, the main, the, the main thing is small targets close up. Not <laughs> not very good with large 300, calibers. Yeah, Three hundred yeah. win
0: mags. It's yeah. not a good combination. I believe yeah. the stage was actually a lot of people enjoyed it. We just hate having to reset the stage each time. Oh, yeah.
1: um, but otherwise, it was actually it was actually quite an interesting little stage. It was quite well done. Nick, I don't think anyone hated it more than Greg did. <laughs> to
2: yeah. be fair. I'll be honest. And 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 the thing is, I did something different nearly. Like for those first like five or six failures, I did something different every time. Um mm. and it just it I was like yeah that should hold and then target down <laughs> yeah. yeah okay special Greg target down oh, wow. yeah yep. you yeah. could see the
0: look of disappointment in your face and it was very yeah. very enjoyment good enjoyment for me yeah oh good
2: <laughs> very very good very good in English
3: stuff oh, very very good enjoyment yes <laughs> yeah the so, U walked uh, up a few Ks going back and forward back and forward uh, that uh, yeah I know I
1: was I was nearly out of fuel in my U um. Yeah. <laughs> and so, do you guys enjoy, apart from the target failures, which is, you know, sort of a side product of, of these type of events and, and something that, you know, obviously will get better in time, but um, do you guys enjoy that stage? You know, having to sort of get something nice and physical, although be it not too physical. I am, good I, to I, I really, ready.
3: yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, I ended up coming like equal third overall on that run, so I must have done all right. And <laughs> I got a chance right at the end to check my yabby nets and um, got a couple of
1: yabbies <laughs> Win it. Winner winner all win. I made the uh,
0: I made the unfortunate mistake of actually forgetting to reset my turrets from the uh, the previous stage and I couldn't figure out why at some I think it was about uh, it was two hundred and something meters. I was hitting yeah. two hundred and thirty I was hitting the berm about halfway up back at three hundred metres. I'm like, what the bloody what am I doing wrong? Oh my turrets, whoops. So that was that was rather entertaining for myself. So I had a bit of a bit of a good old giggle at that and um, I'm sure Mike Bourne thoroughly enjoyed that as well. Uh,
2: Borny, yeah, Bornie told, <laughs> told me a few funny stories. But I think the most enjoyable thing, well, enjoyable slash painful thing for me to watch was everyone's, so, like, the variation of rowing technique.
4: What was that? I was hopeless. I nearly fell
1: off. Uh, <laughs> uh, some I'm Some did. Oh,
2: some did. Some fell off. I saw one guy rowing no legged. I saw one guy <laughs> rowing one legged. I mean, I just, I mean, just things that just made me laugh and cry at the same time. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I saw the uh, the no leg just hand pull row. Yeah, like I
2: couldn't figure out what was happening. It just, yeah. I didn't understand it. You, it you, was don't, good. you don't realize how how. You know how badly it looks until you see it. You know you think, ah, oh, no, it can't be that bad. But you know, no, when you see someone row with no no legs, you go, yep, that's how not to do it.
0: And then someone shows you the video of yourself doing it. You're like, oh, that's not pretty. <laughs>
3: Hashtag butters. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I had have known that there was a a rowing machine in there, I, I still would not have trained for that. <laughs> <laughs> well said,
1: well played, well played. Oh, good. Well, um, Greg, do you want to take us? Oh, has have we all done a stage? Sean, you haven't told us one, one stage. Do you want to take us through? Um, make Australia great again. Um, if I, you recall it? If you don't recall yeah, it,
3: we'll, I, we'll, we'll... I, I do. But I just, I just knackered that stage. <laughs> I just went for the wrong all target, right. and then. Yeah. Greg, do, Greg was, do you want
1: to take us through that stage and what the rules were and what they weren't?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that okay.
3: Was, so, I think I did that the, the first – that was Sunday morning, so the first uh, – No, that
1: was, that was Saturday know. morning. Saturday yeah, morning. Saturday. Okay. Yeah,
2: okay, still going. Yeah. Yeah, no, I still stuffed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the premise of this stage was you had three different height boxes – that were to be shot off three different um, height positions. Um, and basically, you got to choose whatever box you wanted um, with whatever position you wanted. But oh, cabin- Well, yeah. You well, said any position. You clearly said any position. Any No, any position on the barricade. So any any box with any position on the barricade. There was only three positions on the barricade. So and three boxes. Join the dots. Um, you you had you had that choice there. <laughs> the caveat there was that you were once you used a box for a position, that box was then dead. You had to pick another box. Um, now most people got the spirit of the uh, of the stage. Um, and and you did, just it.
1: want to clarify some target target distances for us, and that's
2: what you um, meant. No, I'd really like to get in there and just you know really give it to Nick right now. But okay, I will clarify. <laughs> in the box. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd really really like to get in there, but no, we'll get, look, we'll get, we'll get there. So targets target size, they were all at two hundred and eighty meters. Um, yep. and it was a, a one fifty mil, one seventy five, and a two hundred and fifty mil target. Um, so just basically uh, ascending order up. Um. It was a it was a two minute stage 120 second stage and nine rounds um, so basically you got to choose which which position you would shoot from um, and, and then engage that three times um, now the so let's have I, it let's have it <laughs> so, I saw, so I saw some interesting I saw some interesting ways you know people you know the whole thing was everything had to be on the box. Okay, so you couldn't have your feet resting on the ground. Um, and the I, ground was I, lava. The ground was lava, essentially. Um, it, it, look, James uh, Chung, who was who was ROing that stage, had let people use their feet on the barricade, which, you know, I was like, well, yeah, that's fine, we allowed. Um, and then I walk up to the stage, and I see Nick sitting inside the large box. Um, <laughs> and I said to My James... My feet
0: were off the ground.
2: They were off the ground. Um, credit. They were, you. they were, um, <laughs> and I said to James, "What you know?" I looked at it. James held my hands out and was like, "What's the go there?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, his feet are off the ground, I guess." Um, and I'm like, "Okay." All right. Well, carry on, Nick.
0: That's carry not exactly how it happened. We <laughs> have video of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. stopped me mid-run. L- let's yeah. say
1: there's there is a slight dispute in the understanding of the running of it. Um, yeah. But I I thought I thought well paid to Nick uh, who uh, to be fair I've seen the video and and heard the stories. It didn't benefit him a huge amount. It was to my own detriment. <laughs> it was only the play. funny thing is I hit all three gongs. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no, did did alright, but um, for, the, for
0: those playing at home, it was a box. that was about what three foot tall, about a metre tall, and about two foot wide, sort of box. Yeah, yeah. and yet yeah, the concept
1: 1200.
0: was uh, a twelve hundred.
1: Thank you. Let's that, say it's a box that I wouldn't fit into. It was it was a box that you
0: know, <laughs> that you know if if rusty rusty would still be wearing it now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, the whole idea was to basically because uh, of the three levels, it was um, I'm guessing it was designed to sort of stand on top of or sit on top of. But I figured if I could wedge myself in there, I'd have a really tight shooting position. So, (laughs) I proceeded to try to see if that would help me. It was a little bit squeezy. It took (laughs) me a bit of time to get in there. It was just as bad getting out. We're going to have to put that video up somewhere. But I was able to get inside the box and shoot. Yep. And I figured, it's free game. I'm going to have fun this weekend. (laughs) And why not? It, It... It... it lightened the spirits of a few people who actually needed it, so it was yeah. it, it was all right. Except one.
1: and um, <laughs> Except for one no,
0: who I, was very frowny I, on the day.
1: <laughs> I thought it was well interpreted, and uh, it was good good fun. Uh, Andrew or Sean, did how, how did you guys enjoy it? We'll move on from the controversy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it technically did say um, get a box and, and use it. It didn't say you had to be on top of it or whatever, but... Thank you very much. Um, Bonus points. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, was, it was sort of different. It was just, it was just a matter of getting in a comfortable position and, and and lining up that height or size box with the um, barricade that you had to shoot off.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. And the way way yeah. I the way I designed it, if you had a set on the box, um, would have been that there was only one combination where all three shots were clean reasonably comfortable shots, um, but if you I showed was
0: very comfortable inside my box,
2: I'm sure <laughs> there's there's nothing more comfortable than a nick in a box. Um, so yeah, no, it, but it was it was shot a multitude of different ways. But yeah, I do think that I do I do have to give Nick props for for originality yeah. for that one
0: absolutely no, it he... did hurt when I was trying to get the small box on the big window that did not work yes yes well, it was, uh, for the record I was actually going to use the little box sideways because it didn't say how you had to put it on the ground either yes. <laughs> but considering you were still watching me like a
1: hawk I thought hmm <laughs> uh, oh good well, tighten up those match proofs Greg
2: I cannot imply anything anymore
1: No, 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 not with Nick around.
0: Yeah, especially especially not that a hang on stage either.
1: All right, well, Sean, how did Sean? How did you go and prep his dream? And if you if you went well enough to tell us about it, please do. Okay,
3: um, I think I
1: only got two hits on that one. Do do you want to pass again?
3: Okay, what it was? uh, You had to get your bag and dump everything out. Everything. Um, so all the guys that had heaps and heaps of gear in their bag were at a big disadvantage. You had 60 seconds to shove everything in your bag and then go and hit uh, IPS C target from 510 meters. Um, you got 10 rounds to shoot them. Um, so basically, the, the time was spent in shoving everything back in your bag and then grabbing your bag and rifle and running over and um, and then shooting. Did you uh, want to make a-
0: mention of how we actually had to, uh, whatever we left from the beginning of the day, we had to carry everything around for the entire day. So some people were left with like, you know, <laughs> rubbish and empty drink bottles and like beanies and hats
2: and
3: awesome some good displays. There were toilet rolls. Um.
2: Yeah, I oh, the, yeah, I saw the bog roll. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was good. Just in case. Yeah. Yes, I actually
0: had the toothbrush with me as well at that stage too. So yeah, so...
1: Good.
3: I, I, I was sort of lucky. I had almost nothing in my bag. It was oh, just well done. So it, it wasn't too bad for that one, and I managed to um, ping off two hits. Also, you couldn't use any um, bipods or tripods or monopods allowed. You had to be prone, um, but you could use your backpack as support. So that was another little thing to it. A
2: little curveball. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I was. I didn't run this stage. I was next to it, but I, I did see guys they did take a while to put their stuff back in their bag. And I think they were doing it on the mindset of, well, I've got to use my bag the rest of the day. Um, I'll put it back where (laughs) it all goes. Whereas, Greg, I seem to recall we ran this stage together. We did. And I I seem to recall that we were were a sub-eight-second pack-up, which was effectively one arm scoop and the other arm holding the bag. And it yeah. all ended up in the same thing. We got ten shots off comfortably in the uh, in the minute. I but- do have to ask, how did Mister King of the North down in Cole go?
0: Because he had a, a backpack the side of a you know five year old schoolgirl's first day at school bag. <laughs> I think he had a pack of cigarettes and ammo, and that was I think that was all he actually had. <laughs> so, but um, I know that he packed his bag insanely because I remember Ben Johnson was like. Mate, where is the rest of your bag? Like what's that going is the on? worst
1: accident. I know ever. it was terrible. I'm oh. sorry about that. I'm no, sorry, Ben.
0: But um You're going a syrup <laughs> but, Yeah, <laughs> yes. But um <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Um but yeah, I remember that uh, Dan had literally nothing on him
1: and That's about the amount of <laughs> I- impacts he got on the target as well. Oh did he did he not do very well on that? Oh,
0: okay, I'll take it back then. I know he had a lot of time on his hands. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, um,
1: yeah, that, and was, uh, that was a doughnut Yeah, oh. a- Andrew, how'd you go on this stage?
4: Yeah, not real good I got plenty of rounds away But I just couldn't connect with it I only got one point on that
1: one Oh,
4: right. um, Yeah, I did struggle with the five and six hundred yard um, All weekend But okay. I only um, bolted the scope on On that Friday morning there And shot it at a hundred yards So I didn't really have any Really dynamite data for out further And I think that sort of Made it a little tricky to connect without being able to spot your own shots in the
1: grass. Yeah, the the range was probably um, difficult to spot shots on. It was a a very flat range. I did find that, yeah. Yeah, if you weren't shooting in the back barricade, uh, sorry, the back barricade, the backstop in like a 600-metre target, it was difficult to uh, to see where they were going. I
0: personally found the 500 or the 510 on one stage harder than the 6.
1: Well, one of the things that I noticed, um, because... set some of the targets up is, is that on the ground, um, there was a lot of frames there. So if you, if you had a bullet and it happened on the next stage that I'll talk about, but if you had a a bullet that miss and it would hit one of the frames, it would actually ricochet either together or I saw one where the guy shot and then there was about six impacts on the back, um, on the backstop. And, um, it was obviously hitting something. And then, you know, sort of spreading out and uh, and making quite Did a fireworks audio, array.
0: Any audio feedback from that as well,
1: or you didn't really hear it? Uh, didn't particularly hear it. Okay, yeah. No, but yeah, you could certainly. Um, it was it was hitting something and uh, and spraying out. So you, you, it was very difficult to um, unless you were seeing trace. Although it was quite cold and it was able to see <laughs> no one that or anything. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was quite um, quite difficult to make corrections. I would imagine not that I got a shot off at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to um stage number seven, which was Know Your Lengthets. Um, Greg, do you want to run through this one?
2: Yeah. Um, well, this is – my whole thing with this is y- you've got to – I mean, in my opinion, you've got to have a KYL stage in – Oh, um, indeed, of course. Yeah. yeah and mandatory so, thing.
1: Y- yeah, yeah, which is I, a, a Know Your Limits stage for those correct. playing along at home.
2: Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to put a little bit of a different spin on it. Um, so yeah, we, instead of making a rack of plates in descending size order, um, we thought we'll just keep the same size plate and go out in distance. Um, so yeah, pretty simple. Um, same kind of concept as a KYL. Um, uh, but yeah, just running, running out, starting at, uh, 200 meters, uh, 300 meters, 400 meters, 500 meters and 600 meters. Um, all a 200-mil uh, plate. I've got the – oh, yeah, 200-mil plate. Yeah, that's um, right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so it was very, very simple, um, 60 seconds, unlimited round count, meaning as many rounds as you needed to get onto the first plate, and then normal KYL rules, which is um, go until you want to stop, but if you miss, you lose all your points.
1: Yeah, harsh, but fair. Harsh, no, but
2: fair. It's-
0: Everybody knows the routine. Well, except for those who have never competed before, everybody knows the routine. It's it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty standard type uh, type stage to have. And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, RO that stage, and I saw all sorts of uh, (laughs) things happen on that particular stage. I saw guys, um, obviously, they could take as many shots as they wanted to get on. Um, So everyone hit at least one target, from what I recall. Um, And then... Then the game plan from there on in was was very different <laughs> to, to not fall apart. Yeah, yeah and a few guys. that. Of <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. quite a few guys sort of would go to. Um, I tell you what, lots of guys timed out. Um, it was a sixty-second stage, but I don't think that time was inappropriate. Did anybody clean sweep it? No one cleaned it, and I tell Negative. you that the yeah that the best I saw Scott Patel um, shot. Uh, what is it, uh, 200, 300, 400, 500, right? Yeah, and he had, seven and a half. He had yeah. probably uh, uh, 8.75. I was actually um, speaking he, to him. He, hang on. He, um, he went to 500, and he had probably about 14, 15 seconds left, so plenty of time to take that last shot. And he closed his bolt, he lined up on it, and then he opened his bolt and said, I'm going to hate myself for it, but I'm I'm pulling the pin there. And um he could instantly see the uh, regret on his face of should have taken the shot mm. but you know, eight and a half, 8.75 point well yeah 8.75 points um that was worth to keep that stage and I do know that he uh, he was only 0.25. A quarter of a point in front of the the guy who finished to the next position, so obviously a fairly uh, smart decision. But had he hit that target, he would have uh, jumped w- at least one, if not two, places.
3: And there were four four guys that stopped at that point. That was the highest score.
1: Correct. Was, uh, yeah.
3: Andy McNeil, Scott Prattle, Luke uh, McKenney, and George Crisp all at that eight point seven five. Oh, crispy. Well done.
1: Yeah, and and um and there was a there's an array, but I, I thought. Pretty, I do recall um, Scotty uh, doing it and, and closing that bolt up and and then opening it up and deciding against it, uh, whereas I think at least one of those four, if not two, uh, ran out of time and didn't actually get on to the, the I believe 600. Andy
0: McNeil actually held off as well. He, he
3: had the time, but he still chose to stop.
1: I think so. Yeah, I, I think saw so. That run. And yeah. I've got a big pack
3: zero for that. I pinged 200 <laughs> easy, 300 <laughs> easy. I thought 400, that's going to be easy too, and just went pooh off to the side, somewhere when it's like, oh. it.
1: yeah. Andrew, how <laughs> oh, far did you go on that yeah, one? Stopped, you...
4: at, stopped at 300 metres.
1: Yep, uh, tactical only decision. Only
4: because I'd had a shocker on the stage before and I just really <laughs> didn't want to get a zero again. So the, conf- <laughs> the confidence about, wasn't there. <laughs> no, and about five blokes, one after another, in front of me that shot before me all got a duck egg going for 400. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, I'll take the 300 and I'll have yeah. the point.
1: I've got
3: yeah. a query here that 400 it's, was bit, that it's actually bit, at 400 cuz I know it was, from one, one of the other stages remember we had a a target that one, was said to be at 1 point but it was actually at another point yeah there yeah. was one
1: target that there was an incorrect distance on and and it wasn't it wasn't actually an incorrect distance it was an incorrect target got removed yeah um from from the course of fire We'll, cover um, that.
2: we'll get to that and we'll explain. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Bit, yeah. But the um, but that particular one, yeah, they were um, within within a like a, a th- what did I allowed one one percent of error. So, okay, so um, me,
3: I just stuffed up then.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's all you, Sean. It's <laughs> all on so me. Um,
0: just getting back to the Scotty Patel thing, I was talking with Arthur, and he gets, he loaded up some special bullets just for that run. He was running hollow points. He was running little magnets in the tip, <laughs> and he was a uh, he wasn't sure if he was running that last particular and. That, that's why he pull, pull back. He goes, "I think I've run out of my magnetic bullets, and that's why they stop hitting the targets." Ah,
1: right. So, that, yeah. that explains
3: it clearly. Either that, or you're using stainless steel targets, and then the magnetic bullets are just immune. Oh, <laughs> we'll have to do that for next time. We'll get on. Yeah, to that yeah. yeah that
1: that's a good get sts onto that. <laughs> Sean, are you listening? <laughs> it's good. Uh, anyone want to take us through double or nothing or something?
2: Wow. Yep. All, right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Cool. All right. So everyone's, no, no, everyone's keen. That's no, right. All right, so double or nothing or something, um, another another one that I've run a few times. Um, and it, conceptually, it was similar to the way I'd first planned it, but slightly slightly modified. Basically, we had a 300-metre target and a 600-metre target. It was a 200-mil target at 300 metres and a 250-mil at 600 metres. Now, the premise of the stage was you can engage the 300-metre the target with two shots, um, and then you had the choice whether you wanted to engage the 600 meter target to essentially double your score, or you could get up, run back, touch a post, come back, and and start the whole thing over again. Um, now that being said, if you in, if you hit one out of two of the 300 meter target, you would still have to get up. So if you hit the first one and then miss the second one, you'd still have to get up and then touch the pole and come back and re-engage again. Um, so basically, so you couldn't just go, you know, hit one 300-metre target, shoot off, hit one 300-metre target, shoot off. So mm.
0: um, and that, to, clar- to clarify, we were able to miss, say, three times in a row before we had our first connect, and then we'd start our bracket of our two shots. Correct. Is that correct? So, yep. Correct.
2: So once you made that first impact, you then had to, regardless, you only had another shot at that 300-metre target, hit or miss. And if you hit, you had the choice to go for the 600, um, but if you missed, you had to get up and go and touch the pole anyway.
1: And I do believe that Nick attempted to shoot from the pole, um, but it was crushed.
0: It was actually quite hard to do that because I was being heckled <laughs> the entire time on that run. The worst part about it was I actually started telling jokes while I was shooting and I ended up laughing so hard I was shaking the gun I could name. So you so were, you were was
1: laughing it, at your own jokes.
0: It was, was going to say
2: that sounds like a really really like tough feat because your jokes just aren't that funny.
0: Well the jokes were on you Greg because you're the one I was abusing at the time so <laughs> <laughs> It was it, it made it it made it lively. It was, it was rather fun,
1: actually. Speaking of, of lively, Andrew or Sean, did either of you ended up, end up from with bruises from that stage?
4: I did. I think I nearly broke my wrist, my left <laughs> wrist. I threw myself at the ground that many times trying to bloody get points. So.
1: That stage was next to mine, and, and I just kept seeing these guys <laughs> throw themselves like two or three metres under concrete, and yep. I went, that's... That's. I'm glad I'm in the motel because that just Ooh. looks painful.
2: Watching and these guys are
0: sleeping on the ground. It was painful that night in that cold weather. After my knees <laughs> hurt.
2: I must <laughs>
1: say I took a dive.
2: The most <laughs> impressive, um, the most impressive person I sh- saw shoot that stage was Matt Petit. Um, yes,
1: same. I agree with that. It was very impressive.
2: It was. It like I really appreciated the way he he slid in to touch the pole and then slid back into the prone position like. Just like butter, um, he, uh, he could was, um,
1: he could he could play cricket for Australia with those sort of slides. He, oh, he tell me about it! it. Mate, yep. he was all over it.
2: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, a lot of people I saw would, um, you know, I just thought, ooh, balls! Um, you know, they would have been <laughs> there would have been some there would have been some sore testicles just slapping on that concrete.
1: <laughs> and and uh, speaking of uh, uh, Matt, um, Sean, and Andrew, yeah, you guys got the same score as Matt. We
3: go, yeah, and we did all right too. I I decided to take the safe route after watching some of the other guys, and that that's the advantage of, of of having a look. You know, not being first up, seeing what's working and what's not. so it's like, nah, I'm just gonna bang off the shots, run, touch the pole, be safe. Bang, bang, yeah. bang, run, run, run. And um, I think I got seven points for that.
0: So your 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 plan was to
3: uh, double shoot and then touch the pole every time. That was your game plan going in. That was my game plan going in. Just double shoot, spring up, touch the pole, back down.
4: And um, I went the same approach, Sean too. I just figured yeah. it was a safer way. A lot of blokes were struggling with the six hundred, so um, I think yeah. yeah, it was easy to easy to
3: ping that three hundred. So I was like, bang! And it's only not too far away, so not hundred's a stone
2: sorry.
1: Did um did many people engage that 600 did many people get on it
2: Um the, I I only saw two people engage the 600 Yeah okay mm. and and one of them that's was I believe one of them was Lucas Yep and I believe the and I believe the other one that's uh, Lucas McKinney and I believe the other one I could be wrong but I believe the other one might have been Ashley Porner Oh, uh, Ashley! Yeah, um, which both both those Ashley. guys top scored that stage. Uh,
1: yeah, Lucas that didn't. Um, uh, I mean, Ashley, sure that Ashley was that. did. Oh,
2: sorry. Beg your pardon. No, you're right. Lucas didn't. Um, uh, where are we? So no, Lucas didn't. But Ashley did. He was equal top score. Uh, Travis Caesar top scored as well. Uh, Jamie. Ah, it might have been Jamie. Actually, it might have been Jamie. Uh, now that I think about it. Yeah. Regardless, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of people.
1: If we yeah. uh, if we going through the uh, the top scores, Dan Inco and um, and Carl or Fabs as well, um, yep. oh, both that,
0: that Dan Inco man, he's a sprite little fella, isn't he? <laughs> There's no weight to him; he has no inertia. He just gets up, runs over, comes back before you can blink. <laughs> he, he was
1: he was quick, he was quick, but he, I didn't. I, I was disappointed with his commitment, to throwing himself into concrete. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, hard uh, to
0: throw yourself because you might put your cigarette out when you <laughs> land on the ground. <laughs> oh,
1: very true. Very true. Sean, um, you were talking about this stage before. Do you want to take us through Enemy at the Gates?
3: Yeah. um, I I quite enjoyed this one. It was 100 mil target, so a fairly small target, but only 298 metres. You get 30 seconds. Um, You had a a little bit of time to sort of set your rifle up, uh, have your bag set, and then you have 30 seconds for this, and it's basically... Get rounds downrange as as fast as you can. Um, now, was it at two ninety eight or was it at five ten? No
2: no. no, no. So, so this this, this, this no. is, this is the, the stage that's in yeah. question. Um, so, yeah, okay. the, the main premise uh, for the reason why there was confusion is there were some targets that were put out um, for another stage which we had dropped, um, and there was a target at three fifty seven, and there was a target right. at four hundred and eight. So we we have said that it was 357, but what had happened is in, it, we'd accidentally taken out the, four, uh, the the 408 instead of the 357. Um, so it was just a matter of yeah, it was just a matter. Of, we, it, it was just in the stage brief that we we'd sort of written that down. So um, it was yeah, it was clarified. Well, though. it was uh, it, we picked it up after a squad, I believe, and then we just let that squad reshoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so once the squad that, went through and, and their dope was all wrong and
3: they were that, flying over yeah.
2: and it's like... But, but they, funnily, they
3: got to reshoot it, so it was fine. That's right.
2: They got to reshoot. But funnily enough, some some of the guys that reshot, uh, well, some guys actually made like eight hits with the quote-unquote wrong data. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, and, and I kind of looked at them and went, uh, okay, so do you want to reshoot it or, you know? And they were like, uh, no, we'll Damn. just take the eight. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Take take that yeah. as a winner.
1: Yeah, was, uh, uh, the thing is, uh, just to clarify your target size there, Sean. It was the target cha- uh, size was changed. Yeah. Um, it was a fifty percent IPSC. So, I mean, with a with a decent, you know, flat shooting caliber, which is sort of ideal for this sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's quite a large target in the scheme of things at three hundred and fifty meters. So, you, you know, chances are you are still hitting it. My interpretation was
0: it wasn't about
1: um you know uh, um
0: like the accuracy it was is almost like how fast you could repeatedly get shots off well, the, the and bit, how effectively mm, you could do yeah
1: it. the bit to, to clarify there is you had 30 <laughs> yeah, seconds right. to get 10 rounds off and so you're talking 3 3 seconds a shot um which is uh you know you talked um Sean before about having a 243 with the muzzle yeah, break on it that was a very um, big advantage. there's a rig.
3: you don't yep. go off that the would have been handy and I was just I was just slamming that bolt bang 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 and I managed to I think I got eight, I think, out of that one. But it was just the first couple of shots just to get in the rhythm. And then because I, I backed my scope right out too. So I was back to like, I think, 15. Um, oh, wow. And okay. that way, it, it's there's no way it's jumping off the target. Even with the two-four-three, you could be in a bit more. But back it off. And it was do just we, like slam, slam, do slam. Do we have a list of times?
1: No, times weren't recorded on that particular stage. There was... Uh,
0: Ten, 10, 10,
1: 10 yeah, guys yeah. who got uh, full points on that. Yeah. Um, and it's good to have good st- some stages that, that are cleaned. Um, oh, know
3: I, I missed one shot and I just timed out just before I pulled the trigger on my last shot. Yeah, crazy.
1: Sean, you end up on eight um, there. And, Andrew, you were top scored there on ten. Well done, Did
3: you miss your first shot or one, no,
0: or one of the shots my in the middle? Like, no,
3: I think my second last shot I missed. Oh, so you walked off the target. Yeah, yeah, it just... Came off. I think it was my second last shot. I missed. Then my last shot. I got on, and then uh, the very last one. I didn't get to fire because I timed out. So there
1: was. Well, Nick, you you got nine out of ten. Explain yourself, mate. Um,
3: From memory, I got all my shots
0: out and dropped the magazine in twenty two seconds. So that's my excuse. I ran fast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, The the one shot in the middle. um, what an excuse it was! Yes, yes.
1: Um, That's thinking outside the box. Yeah,
0: <laughs> one of the one of the weirdest things um, that that our group specifically struggled with, and I know a few guys mentioned this. We couldn't hear the RO behind us yelling "impact," and I didn't know where I was, and I couldn't because I was cycling the bolt. I, I was, um, I was doing some training uh, with uh, with Dan Incole and in certain stages we were saying at, um doesn't matter if you know if, the, if you've only got two shots or ten shots whatever it is once you've let that shot go open your bolt and move don't waste time so I wasn't actually spotting my shots I'd let the shot go and I was cycling um, and closing the bolt um, you know while the well, as fast as I could and I was trying to get it off but I wasn't hearing impact so I didn't know if I was getting on the target or not so I actually ran a box test on the target shooting the um, I hit b- dead center then it hit Didn't hear anything, so I'm like, I'm going to shoot top left because I noticed that my gun was slightly shooting very marginally to the left. Didn't hear anything and then I'm like, oh, okay, so shoot bottom left. Didn't hear anything and then and then someone turns around and goes, "Oh, you missed that one!" I'm like, "Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I actually, ran a box, so that was actually my <laughs> fault because I couldn't actually hear the, the the RO actually yell impact. So, it's should have turned my earmuffs up a little bit, but that's you know my own undoing, really.
1: Ah, uh, look, and it's it's a fair point, V. We we had um some really generous guys from the club there. That, that they uh, did a great right. job they and did, they did do a good job. They did do a good job, and I think you don't you don't realize how critical that call is until yeah. you shoot this type of event. And you, um, you hear you. You either don't hear the RO, um, or you you do hear the RO. Um, in the case of myself on Sunday afternoon, <laughs> well, um, <hold> <laughs> which I think everyone in the place heard me. I and think Greek, the next county ever heard it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so the the <laughs> thanks to Rich from uh, Short Action Precision for that recommendation. Um. And so, um you you realise when you shoot it how critical it is to have that, uh, that RO call. So yeah. we'd encourage you guys, I know we're deviating here, but encourage you guys who, if you are ROing or setting these comps up or whatever it is, um, those calls of impact are yeah. so critical to be I, so loud.
0: I think it's also critical because we didn't have time to spray paint the targets and that thing had been peppered, you know, 50, 60 times just in just in the squad that I was in because I think I was the yep. last of our group to do it or mid-range or somewhere around there. So it... You know, and, and then obviously the group before with like six guys in the squad. So there was a good 60 something shots on there. And that thing was great. I mean, we picked it yeah. up in the squad, but let you us could not see
2: that. Yeah. We didn't ha- not have time. We purposely don't spray the targets. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And it was
0: equal that's for everybody. Right. So that wasn't yeah. an issue at all, but it, it did, it did add that extra layer of challenge.
2: That's right. Sure. And that's, yeah. that's the yeah. Well, the main, the main purpose for that, for not re-spraying the targets um, is exactly that. It keeps it fairly even, um, you know, obviously the first squad through on every stage is going to have a white target. But then, but that oh, evens out over the day because all the targets turn gray. So,
3: And also, Greg, it, 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 you'd have to shut down the, the range every time you wanted to go out and simply respray a target, which would slow the whole proceedings down. So, yeah, it'd and be, as, as you waste, say, it, it makes it time. even for everyone over the day, you know. Some yep. targets are sprayed and then later on they're not. So, it's all yep. good.
0: We we had enough delays with a um up creek <laughs> stage, so we, we sort of we sort of realized, I think Greg realised how to how to get around that. So I think what was done was very fair and it actually worked very well. Yeah, it, it at, well.
1: and I say credit to Greg. Uh, Greg decided made the decision to drop two two of the stages mm-hmm. in the Saturday afternoon, and we finished about. About 4.30, quarter to five, and that was about the perfect time for the light and and made a very smart decision in terms of how many to drop and how to run our squads um, aside from that. I think it worked out very well. And and to be fair, I mean, 15 stages would have been great to shoot, but 13 was was still quite enough to have a a successful competition. I don't know
0: about the other two guys, um, Andrew. Uh, how did you feel about? I mean, I we had the stage drop. I didn't notice it at all. I, I thought it was still run. It, it was a, it was a good amount of stages for the for the first day.
4: Yeah, for sure. I wasn't looking for any more. Um, yeah, I was well and truly well really <laughs> stuffed Ooh. by the end of both days. So, uh, i um, definitely um, yeah, there was plenty plenty of stages. I didn't miss having just missing the two. I thought it was a smart move um, just because of the time constraints. Yeah. And yeah, I walked away more than happy with what we'd shot. Um, in the time frame we had yeah good
1: we're going to leave this episode right there uh, end up being quite a long discussion so part two is coming soon um this podcast is uh, sponsored by impact dynamics but specifically by the new uh, course that's being released later this year which is the prs match ready course it's a three-day course um, with elements of long range uh, shooting as well as a sort of a heavy emphasis on the practical and the p- PRS style shooting including sort of positional staff stage breakdown and a bunch of other uh, information so there's plenty of info on the impact dynamics website about that uh, three-day PRS match ready course uh, designed to get you up and running uh, so you're ready for the next PRS match anyway uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next time
2: thanks for listening to the precision shooting podcast continue the discussion, check out our
0: Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision
1: shooter.